Here it is then, the last episode. It was just under one year ago that I set out to see if it was possible to brew a beer from this allotment. And 12 months, four ingredients and one brew later, we're about to find out if it was all worth it. I'm Ben Richards, and in partnership with There's a Beer for That, this is Growing Beer. Hello and welcome to this, the final episode 11. We're back in Richard for this one. It's the first week of December and the only thing that matters now is how the beer has turned out. So I'll be quickly running through what has happened since we last spoke about the recently bottled beer and we finally, finally get to open the first one and find out if it is all worth it or not. We shall see. As you know, last episode finished off with me needing to rather quickly sort out the name and design with Jim, the waiting game having begun as these 45 bottles of beer gently conditioned away ahead of the tasting. Well, after much consideration and, if I'm honest, procrastination, I finally picked a name. I went round and around in circles trying to decide on one that conveyed the simplicity of the project or described the tiny amount of space that the ingredients had come from, and then, suddenly, it hit me. The exact space that I used already has a name and has had for many, many years because my little allotment is called Plot 10S. And there it was. My ingredients are of the land, of the plot. And so the beer had a name, as easy as that, 10S. Decision made then, I frantically emailed Jim to let him know so he could finish off the designs and after he sent the final ones back over, it was clear which one was best. A simple, minimalist label with four bands running from top to bottom, each a subtle shade of golden yellow, green, blue or cream, and patterned with the ingredients it relates to. The barley, hops, rainwater and yeast. It was as simple as that. If you want to see what it looks like, you can check out the website growingbeer.co.uk where the last episode page has a few photos of the final beer bottled and poured. With the design and name finalised then, it was a mad dash to get it printed. I took Jim's advice and had it done professionally with a satin finish, waterproof label, classy but practical, uh, sent the designs off online. Now, timings were very, very tight, uh, but within four days I had received back a wonderful little roll of labels. Just about enough to do my 45 bottles and allow for one or two uh, sticking mistakes on my part. And once they had arrived, I had just the weekend to get them all ready and into a nice cold storage. And by that I mean my now very, very chilly conservatory, so they could just cool right down ahead of the day I was now immensely excited about and absolutely dreading the first tasting. Because if you'll remember from last week, the reason for my mixed feelings uh, was that I decided not to do the first tasting myself, but to instead ask Adrian Turney-Jones, a very well-respected beer judge, to do the honours and to critically evaluate that very first bottle of 10S. Now, at the time I planned it, I thought it would be an entertaining way to uh, open that initial bottle. But as it got closer and closer, oh, it just seemed like less and less of a good idea. You know, possibly taking everything we've done over the past year and potentially setting it up to fail in the cruelest of ways. Well, eventually the time came and I found myself sat in the corner of an Exeter pub, fidgeting like a nervous schoolboy as I waited for Adrian to arrive. Right, 
Hello, Adrian. Hi. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Good. I'm really? not. I, I'm an absolute state at the moment before you open this bottle. Oh, God, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. Well, uh, just for the people listening at home, I'm here with Adrian Turney-Jones, who is a beer and travel writer. Um, I've asked you along to hopefully take advantage of your experienced palate, because you're not just a writer, you are also a well-travelled beer judge. Yeah, I have. I am, basically, I'm the chairman of judges for the World Beer Awards, um, and I usually, I'm a, a, on the jury at the Brussels Beer Challenge. I've also did my first stint at the Dutch Beer Challenge this year, and also in Peru, in the Andes, <laughs> where I judge beer, and also then there's several other British competitions I judge at. So, yeah, I've... Um, yeah. It's, fair, it's fair to say that your opinion of this final beer should be an educated round. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope, hope so. so. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think that I'm fairly good at evaluating and mm. critiquing a beer, but I, I'm very happy for you to take that very first sip. Um, I mean, before we crack it open, though, how do you go about evaluating a beer in a competition at whatever level? Well, you get, you get your sample, and, I mean, the first thing you do is you look at it and you really want to see the clarity. But one of the things I've been seeing recently is that a lot of beers have a slight haze to them. Now, whether that is hop haze or a chill haze or someone's putting flour and eggs in or whatever, um, it's something I've noticed a lot more. Um, people, you know, they always said people drink with their eyes and, you know, that was why IPAs and pale ales took off in the middle of the 19th century. You know, the tax on glass was lifted and people could all of a sudden see the beer in their glass and so what you're doing yeah you're looking at it you're looking at the condition as well so you know different styles of beer look differently you know um so you you've got to know your your beer style and obviously the clarity is important unless it is a Vison or a lambic um or a new england ipa then you swirl it around in the glass uh that's basically just a sort of revive it almost and let the aromatics come out of the glass again you've got to know your beer style um, or you've got to know um, some some competitions are not tight on beer styles they'll be like beers below five percent beers above you it's know it's quite loose <laughs> yeah so but you know you know you want a good aroma on it um, and then you know you just think you know the aroma's got to be there um, and then you'll take a sip now there's always a division on this one some people say you don't spit but I do because if you're doing 40 beers in a day <laughs> yeah I have seen it it can lay waste um, you 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 just like, swirl it around in your mouth and you try and work out what you're tasting mm -hmm. you know and then yeah you sort of I mean some people do a bit of a funny old <laughs> we just have to let the people listening imagine how you're making that noise <laughs> But that's bringing oxygen into it, and it's just livening it up and everything. And what I was getting with that beer then was I'm getting that sort of rootiness, almost like some pepper, pepperiness. Yep. Um, uh, and, you know, if I was judging that, um, I would be, you know, writing down these notes. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be looking at the finish as well. Yep. And, you know, is it dry? Is it sweet? Is it bittersweet? You know, does it last? Or is it a clean finish? You're also looking at the mouthfeel. What does it feel like in the mouth? You know, is it creamy? Is it sort of quite... Again, quite clean. Is it, um, you know, is there a bitterness and what's the, f you know, is there a fruitiness there? You know, what sort of fruit? Is it tropical fruit? Um, was it citrus? Um, are there dark fruits there? You're basically, you know, all the experience you've got from eating. And if you, because if you want to do beer ju judging, there's no point if you're saying, well, I don't really like food, actually. <laughs> you know, it's all about the sort of 
the sensation in your mouth is all about using the senses. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, the finish. How how long does it last? Is it appropriate for the beer style or for the beer? I mean, and, and also you're also looking for faults. Mm-hmm. And that is something I have... <laughs> something I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. You know, some some judges are more susceptible to different faults. Like some people say, oh, I'm better at diacetyl or I'm better at DMS. Um, I mean, I'm... I think I'm quite good at most of them. But you've got to do it in a competition. You've got to do it in like four minutes mm-hmm. each beer because you've got a lot of beers. Yeah. So, and as I say, I do, I, I swallow one sip and then I spit out the other one. And yeah. especially if you're doing like Imperial Stouts or something because yeah. I have seen, I did 40 Belgian triples one morning in Belgium and my team captain, my table captain was legless by lunchtime and he was laughing at me because I had a spit, spittoon and it was like, mate, <laughs> Which I guess isn't fair to the latter beers, is it? Because you're not being able to offer the same level of consideration to those 30 yeah. beers in as you might be the ones at the start. Well, yeah, that is always an issue. You know, really should only be doing between 30 and 40 beers in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they do provide... You drink water, obviously. Um, and also they provide crackers because it dries the mouth and all that. I've had bread being offered, and that's really odd. It's like people saying, well, I forgot my breakfast, I'll have some bread. <laughs> and, and, um, but you don't want the salt, you don't want anything, you just want that neutral, yeah. crisp cracker uh, that would dry your mouth out for the next one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do get palate fatigue. Yeah. You know, 50 Imperial Stouts, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> understandable. Well, right now, though, we don't have 50. We have just one, the one, right. as far as I'm concerned. I'm worried, well, there's two things that are making me feel extremely, mm. I think nauseous is an honest word for it. Well, I hope the beer isn't nauseous. Oh, I haven't eaten yet. Well, the first one is, is the carbonation. You mentioned that earlier on. Yeah. This, because of the rules of the project, I wasn't able just to put some priming sugar or some refined right. sugar in. Yeah. I had to use a sugar sauce from the plot. Right. So I went sort of to the older krausening method, withheld some of that work. Oh, brilliant. And then froze it defrosted oh, right. it and added in hopefully just the right amount oh, to give it the carbonation oh great but of course with that it's, it's not from my experience particularly refined technique i've ever done before mm. so therefore i've got quite that narrow band of getting it just right too little right. it's flat yeah too much and we've got to wipe the table down afterwards oh god yeah. <laughs> so the first thing i will be extremely relieved about is if we open that bottle we hear the hiss yeah and it doesn't come frothing at the top okay that, that's step one the, the second one is then I have absolutely no idea what it'll taste like. Mm. All of these ingredients are totally new. They've yeah. never been used or tested with. Certainly yeah. the barley and the hops to any extent. So, I mean... I think you'll have quite a clean beer. I hope what I'm so. Saying. And, you know, I wonder if you'll get quite a delicate floral notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, sort of maybe a crispness. I mean, you used a top fermenting... Well, you used a... Uh, a lambic type yeast, didn't you? They were all recognised some... as ale yeasts. Right, okay. As far as the off flavours that go with them, have no idea yet. But you haven't got any bugs in there, have you? You haven't got paleococcus no, or isolated, anything like that. They're yeah. isolated yeasts. Right, okay. No, I'm looking forward okay. to it. Okay. Well, in that case, um, I suppose my questions as you pour some and consider it are, is it recognisable and drinkable as a beer? Right. If that comes out positive... I yeah. can relax and you can critique as much oh as you God. want. You're yeah. putting a lot on me. I know. All I know is you've got the bottle opener. If I hold my mic nice and close as you open that. There you go. That was a wonderful noise. And it's not come out the top to follow. Go on, give it a go. See how it looks. Oh, 
it smells like beer. Um, go on, go for it then. It's got sort of banana-y, estery notes on the oh, nose. Okay. Which is the yeast. Yeah. Um, yeah, quite sort of fresh, quite fresh banana. Yeah. Um, and that would be associated with uh, continental yeast form mm, beers, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's slightly hazy, but that is on trend now. And also it's got some good lacing on it, yep. you know, around the glass. Yeah, it's almost like it got that um, uh, Bavarian Weizen note to it. Okay. Good carbonation. Good dry, appetising finish. It's got a nice um, medium body to it. I mean, I presume the alcohol. It is. It is interesting because... It's very feels very close to Bavarian wheat beer. Really? Yeah. So because it's very the, good. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Very refreshing. And I'd like to point out that he has not been primed, paid, or <laughs> offered any other incentive for this. The Russell's of, the Russell of pound notes. <laughs> Hold on, doesn't have pound notes pound anymore. Notes, well, that shows my age. Shows how long have you been bribed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is. You have no idea how relieved these noises and sounds you're making. Uh, are making me. I can't find any faults on it. Mm, if, you, if you're saying it's leaning towards the the vice beer and the, 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 the German side of it, mm. considering that it is a Westminster organic barley, it's yeah. Fuggles hops from Fuggles uh, supplier, it's British rainwater. It's those two, and, and one of the yeasts that came in to finish off the fermentation is a standard mm. ale yeast. Those two yeasts you've got off the plot must be having a huge effect on the flavour then. Yeah, but also there's a bitterness in the finish that you wouldn't get with a wheat beer. Okay. And um, it's quite a dryness as well, which again you wouldn't get in a wheat beer. Because they're quite sort of, um, yeah, clean finishes. It hasn't got the carbonation you'd get in a wheat beer, that sort of briskness. Yes. Um, it's really refreshing though. Okay. I mean, it'd be interesting to sort of think about that because if I was evaluating it in a competition, because... Obviously, I know what you've done. Yeah. Um, we would also, I think we would probably give it, I don't know, give it 30, 32 out of 50. Yeah. Which is quite a good one. I'm not sure if you'll get a medal for it. You might get a bronze or something. But because um, so, no, I can't find any faults in it. So if that turned up at a competition, it wouldn't just be thrown out as undrinkable. No, I'm I'm really pleased and surprised. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I didn't think it was going to be a stinker. If you think you're pleased and surprised, that, bet, that's yeah. probably nowhere near to how I feel right now. I don't think yeah. that, other people can't see the smile on my face at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm carrying on drinking this. Okay. You know, carry on. I'll start talking because I had, I had these different scenarios in my mind. Because when I first asked you to to evaluate this mm. and critique it. It sounded like a good idea. For the last mm. two or three days, as we built up to it, it seemed like a worse and worse idea. Because yeah, it, it could have really gone down the route. You've gone, it's infected. I don't know what you're trying to do here. And it doesn't sit with any kind of style or category. Been oxidized or... You any know, kind yeah. of flavor. And, and that, a lot of that would have come down to me having failed on the brewing and mm. the bottling and the conditioning phase, which I think would have been the worst blow. So many people had helped me out throughout the year and I messed it up at the end. But no, the fact that you're actually still drinking it. Do you want to try some? Bro? I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very I think much. It's be really good with fish and chips. Oh wow! I see what you mean about that yeast. Yeah. It's really, it's not, it's not dominant. No. But it's there clearly mm. and cleanly as well. Yeah. And it, it finishes off towards the end and leaves a very dry, very refreshing the, finish. You, you've got your your, in the finish you're getting that biscuity malt 
mm-hmm. sort of coming in. Yeah. So it's a real, I don't know what you call it, a wheat bitter. <laughs> a wheat bitter. <laughs> there you go. And how about the hops? There's, it's subtle, isn't it, the hops? Yeah, There's a little the, bit the of hops are very there. sort of, I mean, I'm not really picking up much hops on the nose. No, no, me neither at all. There's a nice sort of mid-palate fruitiness, mm. which presumably is the Fuggles or something like yeah, that. We would, but, yeah. And um, one of the very, very early test brews that I did was rainwater was the only ingredient I added in from the plot and just standard purchased ingredients. Yeah. And it provided a lovely roundness to the beer. Yeah. Nothing stood out um, in a, an aggressive or jarring way. It all just came together like a gentle journey through the beer. Mm. And I'm getting the same with that now. Yeah. It, it's, it's going from that yeasty aroma, yeasty flavours, slight bitterness, drying off, and then just stopping. Ready for the next this is one. intriguing. Is it bottle conditioned or? It's bottle conditioned, yeah. yes. It was. Probably better than some of the buggers are still <laughs> in the shops. It was eight days in primary, right. kept at about 18, 18.5 degrees consistently. Yeah. It was then bottled, kept uh, fractionally lower than that, because yeah. uh, it got colder in my kitchen. Uh, and then it was given a cooling down to three or four degrees, thanks to the weather, for the last 24, 36 oh, so hours. It is cold at the moment, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm really impressed. Wow. And I'm pleased for you, you know, because we've Thank talked you. about this a few months ago and we've been covering it in Blatant Plug coming up, Original Gravity. Yes. <laughs> the magazine I edit. <laughs> um, but, yeah. well, um, well, that just leaves me, I guess, to say... Uh, Thank you very much, Adrian. Right, I cheers. really appreciate your time and um, and I appreciate your outcome as well. <laughs> or okay. the outcome. No <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for yeah. Wow. <laughs> I cannot think of many more situations where I have been so tense, so rigid as I was when watching Adrian take his first sniff and sip of 10S. Oh, it felt like an absolute age between opening the bottle and him delivering his thoughts. Now, of course, this was then wonderfully contrasted with the, I can only, you know, flow of elation as he talked me through the beer, and it gradually dawned on me that not only was it drinkable, but it was both unique and it was actually pretty good too. So, cue palpable relief and a huge grin on my face. Now, it turned out to be quite a good week for Adrian too, as just two days later, he was awarded the title of the best beer writer in Britain. So, well done to him. And back to that beer then. It did not come out as I expected in the slightest. There I was assuming that it would be closest to uh, a pint of, of bitter. English pale ale maybe, with the hops playing a really dominant role, bringing some sort of fruitiness. But to come out as it did, with the yeast actually coming out on top, uh, it was just, wow, it completely took me by surprise. And I think Adrian as well. On pouring, it came out hazy, which... You know, I thought would happen because it has no findings and clarity really wasn't top of my agenda of things to try and achieve. So it was never going to be completely transparent or clear. Uh, but it came out a wonderful, deep, sort of orange-brown colour with a nice, thick, white head. And as you heard Adrian say, this lovely lacing as it just swirled around the glass. Um, and then the aroma. There I was expecting hop fruits. Instead, we've got this sort of subtle, peppery um, clove, banana and bubblegum, all aromas that you'd associate with a continental... German uh, Weiss or, or wheat beer. Totally, totally unexpected. The bitterness, which I was expecting to be quite high, was actually quite subtle. It was there and it was noticeable, uh, but nowhere near as much as I expected. And whether that's because I should have added more in the recipe, or maybe it's because the Fuggles grown for the first time on this piece of land down here on the Devon coast, maybe that just isn't the conditions that suits it to have a high acid, high bitterness. Who knows? Um, and then the barley. That was there. It Again, it played its part. It didn't take over in any way at all, but certainly towards the end of that first mouthful, this sort of gradual sweetness came in, and it was just wonderful. Not strong, 
not too roasted or toasted like you have in a much richer beer, but just an underlying bready sweetness that just kind of moved you into the finish, which then almost uh, just, just stopped. Wonderfully dry, wonderfully easygoing, and ready for the next one. Um, the body as well. Being 5.3%, I expected it to have a fairly full mouthfeel, and it did. It was just, oh, it was just an absolute joy to finally drink it and to enjoy it as well. I mean, overall, as Adrian said, it was closer to that German Weisse or wheat beer, an absolute world away from the crisp English pale I'd have put money on at the start. And that just, it's down to the yeasts. They really made their mark on the beer, whilst I think that the rainwater being so just very soft, it really allowed the flavours to just gently flow without any harshness or, or rough edges. It was a very, very lovely experience to finally taste that whole year's worth of work and effort from so many people, which conveniently leads me onto my list of people to thank. Now, it's quite a long list uh, because of all the help I've had, but I shall try to fly through, but make sure I don't leave anyone off. So firstly, it's the guys and girls at There's a Beer for That, because they've been there from the absolute start, not just helping me with the podcast, but helping to tell as many people about the project and how it's going. Then there is Toby Buckland and Mike, who helped me with the gardening, Ben Adams from Charles Farrab, and Wyndham Monk, who've helped me either advise on the hops or actually come down and help me to grow them. There's Steve, Dave, and Jake, in the end, uh, from Crisp Malting. So again, have helped not just with advice, but really getting stuck in and helping with the malting. There's David and Guy at the University of Exeter, who've helped with the yeast, and Yoris, who gave me the tour of Amsterdam and showed me how he brews rainwater. Then there's my two brewers, there's Emma from Guy 59 and there's John from Powder Keg. Uh, my friendly beer writers and beer judges, uh, Mark Dredge and Adrian Tierney-Jones. And then last, but most definitely not least, there is Jim, who helped me way, way back at the start, understanding how the website and social media could look, and then with the bottles at the end. So just a huge huge thanks to everybody who gave me some of their time because without just one of them uh, we would not have got as far as making the final beer let alone make it a good one and what better way to thank them really than to get them round a table and to drink the finished beer which is what we did four days ago in the pub down the road from me those that could make it join me on the night with the rest getting a bottle sent in the post soon now, I've had a lot of people actually get in touch asking me about how they can try the beer or get hold of a bottle, but I'm afraid if I'm honest, it's not going to be around for very long. And because I've got so little of it, I've pretty much promised to wait the entire batch. I think after these tastings and giving them away to everyone who's helped in the project, I will have one, maybe two bottles left for Christmas for me to enjoy. But for me, that's the point of beer. I'm really passionate about trying and learning all about new beers, travelling to exciting destinations and experimenting with brewing. But above all of this, I love chatting over a pint. I love finding out about the history, the stories and the people that have gone into it. Some beers are meant for keeping, for special days or for ageing over the years, but some beers were made for drinking. And this one is definitely made for drinking. I would far rather that everybody who's helped me in some way have a bottle or a taste than for me just to hoard them away in the bottom of a cupboard. Now, having run through that list of people to thank, there is still one more person. Last, but absolutely by no means least, is you, my most loyal, if remote, <laughs> of friends. You have been here since the first cold, dark days of January, and it seems fitting that here we are again, at the end the sun long gone from this December day and the temperature approaching zero again. We've been all over the country, we've dipped onto the continent, we've heaved rubbish and turned soil, grown, harvested and brewed together through heat waves and storms alike. There's been some great moments and there have been some really, really difficult ones. 
but after an entire year, we finally got there. Not just producing a beer, but crafting a rather special one-off that was actually pretty good in the end. And for that, you most definitely get a very, very big thank you. Now, I've loved every minute of this project. It's got me thinking about what it takes to make a beer from scratch, the effort that goes in from a huge variety of different people, and it has really, really sparked my imagination about what it means to produce a local beer, true to the immediate environment and the community around it. But, as if 12 months has passed in the blink of an eye, that is it. It's job done. The beer has been brewed and drunk, the allotment is back to a bare patch of earth, and there is nothing left to do but dismantle and burn the shed, returning the plot to its original state. I'm kidding. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding. I would never, ever do that to Richard. Besides, there is a reasonable chance that you and I, well, we're going to need him next year. Thank you very, very much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>